0: presented by wheel and engineering on the road in the air and around the world wheel and is trusted to be seen trusted to be heard and trusted to perform inside the mrn studios here in concord north carolina i am mrn pit reporter chris Wilner. mrn announcer kyle ricky out in connecticut k rick we are at the end of the month of may where did it go i have no idea we've got a jam packed show including some drama in the nascar cup series with chase elliott we'll dive into that of course tons of racing on the grassroots level, but uh, K-Rick, you had a busy weekend. I was out in the Indy 500 uh, doing my traditional deal out at my home track, but for you, you bounced around between Stafford, New Arbol Speed Bowl, and then I think
2: you went to Thunder Road, too. Yeah, Thunder Road, the Monaco Modified Tri-Track Series race there on Sunday to open their season. Great field of cars, great crowd. My first visit to Dave Moody's home track, Start of the weekend at the Charlotte Motor Speedway with you. And I have one question for you. Sure. Has it warmed up down there because it was chilly in the turns on Friday night for the Arkham Series race and for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series race to kick off the weekend. I know the rain stopped because yeah. you got the 600 in and, and the Xfinity race, although a day late. But has it warmed up? Because I was not expecting 50... 55 degree temperatures down there in the month of may
0: it's coming back it's coming back that rain right. pushed through the humidity kind of coming back a little bit but you were right i was, it was very unseasonable like and i was kind of wondering driving back from indianapolis i may have a shot to go to the coke 600 when i thought i wouldn't being it, usually it's on the same day but uh, no mother nature finally got out of here and it was a much welcome sign for the warm weather that's for sure but that sounds like a great weekend for you kyle we've got tons speaking of which at charlotte We'll uh, we'll kick off our coverage here on this week's episode with a look back at the Arkham Nard Series General Tire 150 at uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway. Jesse Love, Kyle, uh, the dude is absolutely just tearing it up right now. Three straight wins, and and, and, uh, I guess something that surprised me was that Venturini Motorsports hadn't won at Charlotte, and the emotion out of Shannon Rush's crew chief, Billy Venturini. Big Bill was there giving Jesse a big old smooch in victory lane when I was down there getting ready to talk to Jesse. I mean, you could tell how much that win mean not only to Jesse and his young career, and I think this is, you know, obviously the best start to his Ark Menard Series season, but what it meant to Venturini Motorsports, this being, what, a, a mile and a half in their backyard?
2: Yeah, yeah about that. Um, yeah, It's not too far behind the back straightaway that you can find Venturini Motorsports, and that surprised me last week when, when Billy joined us to talk about um, his event A couple of weeks ago, and then previewing this week, and that the team had never won there, but uh, that streak has snapped. And uh, the one streak that has continued, though, is Jesse Love right now on fire, uh, three in a row. And I feel like no matter what he drives or where he drives, um, the results are are toward either in victory lane or toward the top of the leaderboard. We saw that at Hickory in a late model. Um, We'll probably see that in in a truck opportunity that he has this week that we'll talk about later at in St. Louis. So, yeah, he's on a roll right now. It's a great race. A uh, little yellow flag fever there in the first half, but uh, when all was said and done, uh, it was Jesse Love at the front of the field, although Grant Infinger, I think, had a lot of our attentions, uh, especially in the first half of that event, having to start from deep in the field outside of the top 20 and watching, watching him rocket to the front from the turns uh, from turn two, my position on the broadcast was 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 really fun to watch
0: yeah and it it was a good you know kind of help me help you scenario with cody robaugh who you know those guys have been buddies and grant ran the truck program you know on a part-time schedule so really cool to see those guys work together Uh, and that car like you said lightning fast it was fun to watch especially from my vantage point on pit road came in they put some big time adjustments i mean i'm talking about track bar you know tons of air pressure adjustments throughout the day and he was able to find his way inside the top five but my uh driver i guess was impressive. Dean Thompson, Uh, you know, again, I don't think he gets enough love in terms of when he is on, he is on. Two podium finishes over the weekend, of course, third in the Craftsman Truck Series race, which had an opportunity, I think, to win that race, too. But then the Arca side of things had fresh tires, just couldn't quite get close enough to Jesse Love, who was able to really manage lap traffic. But uh, Dean Thompson made a name uh, for himself, if not already, but he did so this weekend
2: no he did and he he was up there among the race leaders um i think gus dean another driver that that ran well toward the front uh, for much of the event uh fell to uh i think an incident late in the race Uh, also andy jankowiak the modified ace turns uh arkham and art series driver here the last couple of seasons uh finally running well on a mile and a half we've seen him run well at daytona and talladega but gets a top five finish in charlotte so a lot of a uh, lot of great stories in that event frankie munez just missing the top five in six so a uh, still a, a pretty close point battle going into uh to their next event
0: I'll say it's still two points so frankie's doing what he yeah. needs to do is being consistent i'm just curious now with all you know that jesse's loved is doing on the winning side of things does frankie need to you know get a top three possibly challenge for a win here to solidify himself as a championship favorite because? Although top 10s are great, I feel like in Arkham Menard Series, back half of the season, you got to really be up toward the front, but still cool to see Frankie up there in the championship battle. Taylor Gray, uh, another solid effort for the youngster. Third, uh, back-to-back third-place finishes. He also had to drive from the back three different times, uh, including starting from the rear as well. So good stuff from the Arkham Menard Series. They've got a uh, a week off, or a week or two off, I should say. Berlin next up on the schedule. So we go short track racing at the home of Jeff Striegel. That's on June 17th for the Arkham series. Let's switch gears to Modifieds, Kyle. NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, Granite State Derby uh, finale there at Lee USA. Everybody was wondering this year, Matt Hirschman, where'd he go? Like, what's going on? He even missed Riverhead due to a scheduling conflict, but he shows up to Lee and stomps on him for his sixth career win in the tour. So, uh, I mean, Matt, big money Matt doing big money Matt things, but it was a little bit of a slow start to the year, though.
2: Yeah, Matt has never really run the tour full time. He kind of picks and chooses uh, where he wants to run, when he wants to run. And, you know, I think that the, the purse money is a big part of that, uh, thus big money Matt. But when he does show up, he's a force to be reckoned with. Uh, took the lead early, never looked back in a race that was really uh, one of the quickest races we have seen on the tour in a long time just one caution over 175 laps around the usa speedway john mckennedy never really had that opportunity that he needed with a late race yellow to challenge austin beers a good run for this young uh, second generation driver finishing in third sammy Ramo fourth former champ ronnie silk rounding out the top five uh good field of cars uh, great crowd on hand on saturday trying to Put the days together here. A busy weekend of modified racing in New England for the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, Um, and and still a a tight championship point battle. When all is said and done, five winners and five races also for the tour this year. That uh, that uh, means the tour's, I think, fairly healthy right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The parity has gotten better. I remember last year, similar start, a couple repeat winners, but this year for five races, five different winners. Championship battle is going to go down to the final race, like we saw it last year at Martinsville. So excited to see. Uh, what happens, congratulations again to Matt Hirschman, the big national tour winner. I uh, did want to mention Burt Myers picked up his first smart modified win uh, since 2004. Yep. Don't forget, the series hasn't run from 05 to 20, but still, uh, in this modern era, Burt Myers finally got a smart modified tour win in the Kenny Minster Classic uh, out there at, uh, where were they at, Kyle? Tri-County? No.
2: I think it was Tri-County.
0: Tri-County. Okay, that's why I thought. I was like, Tri-County? Get all my counties confused. Anyways, congratulations to Burt Myers. Uh, the other big series we cover is the NASCAR Pinty Series. And, Kyle, uh, without further ado, we've talked about it last week, the impressive start for Trayton Lapsovich, the youngster, uh, what, year number two full to three full-time, I guess. 2021 was his debut. Uh, already back-to-back wins to start the year, so pretty impressive. And uh, we'll go ahead and just fire him up, and we'll talk to him. But first, got to take a break. We'll have Trayton Lapsovich coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheeland Engineering Via Zoom, Trayton, the month of May sweep for you in the NASCAR Pinty Series opening two for two. Uh, let's just start there. I mean, did you expect this coming out of the gate on the heels of 2022 that you guys were just going to be firing off uh, back-to-back wins to start the year?
1: You know, 2022 was it was kind of a rough year for us. Um, we, we had speed, but uh, nothing like we had in 2021. So we kind of, you know, we went back a little, um, figured out what we needed with the cars to really. Make us good again on the ovals and, and um, uh, really competitive, and then also on the road courses. Just fine tune a little bit of driver in the car as well. So uh, that's what we did over the off season. You know, the twenty two racing team worked really hard, um, and we we brought two really good cars for the first two races of the season. And uh, you know, everything's just kind of uh, fallen into place and gone our way.
2: Kind of a, a tale of two races for you over the first two weeks. You led all but three laps. at Sunset a uh, dominant performance there. And then what? Just one lap. The important one at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park last week, uh, taking the the lead in those final set of corners that we see uh, the, the final lead change happen in so many times. Kind of walk us through those those two races, especially uh, the road course race at, at Canadian Tire last week and then that final pass for the win.
1: Yeah, I mean, at Sunset, it was really, we, we just had a really good car. Um, we were top of the boards in practice and qualifying by a, a good amount, and and we led a lot of the race. We, we started off with a long green flag run at Sunset, and then it kind of, it turned into a bit of a caution fest after halfway. Um, and then it was just really playing the restart games. Um, you know, I was getting pressured from behind and on the outside, every single restart, making it. It really tough. And then the final restart, third place got into me really good, um, coming to the green and then all the way through turn one. So uh, set us back a little. And then the you know the hole opened up in turn three there, and we were able to take advantage of it to see uh, it through to the win. Um, and then and CTMP, um, I was I was driving really hard. Uh, we had a, a good stretch of uh, of racing to the end. Um, strategy w- kind of went our way. Um, I think we made the right call there. Um, and then uh, chasing marked down for the last few laps. Uh, Got in reaching distance in a turn eight, and then uh, through turn nine, I think he made a little bit of a mistake. Um, I got right on his bumper, and then, uh, you know, I think I would have I would have beat myself up if I didn't try for it. Um, so I, I went for it, just uh, gave him uh, just enough of a, of a little a nudge to just uh, move him up the track a little, uh, sneak through to the win, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's uh, that was really it.
0: We've seen some great finishes there at CTMP over, over the years, so we're no stranger to that. But from a driver's perspective, how early on or how late in that race are you starting to say, okay, I think I can get him at this corner? How I guess how long before that move are you setting that pass up for the win?
1: You know, um, everything I think we saw when the trucks were there and, and a lot of the uh, the Pindies races as well, everything happens in turn 10. Um, you know, I was pushing hard before that. I, I wanted to get by him earlier in the run, um, especially when we were running down Gary. I was trying to get by him um, and I just, I, I really couldn't get a run on him to to make a, a good pass. And, you know, I think last lap, I I didn't really have enough momentum on him anywhere to make a pass other than turn 10. Um, I think if I would have, I, I kind of had a shot into turn one um, when we were coming to the white flag. But, uh, you know, I think if I if I try and move there, uh, he's probably going to pinch me off and get the runoff turn one and, and have the, the preferred lane through turn two. Um, so that's just going to set me back quite a bit. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, we know how the, the the finishes go at CTMP. And, you know, if I make my move any earlier, the same thing's going to happen to me. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to come away with the win. So I think that's just kind of the mindset, putting yourself up, setting myself
2: in a position where I where I can take the win. Why do you think? That is you have this fairly long road course with all of these different corners, long straightaways that backstretch seems like forever. Um, But you all find each other in turn 10, no matter whether it's the the Pinty series or the trucks. We saw it year after year. Why do you think that happens?
1: I think a lot of it is because the, uh, the backstretch is just before turn 10 uh, heading into turn eight there. So, you know, I think the the draft plays a, a good part of it. Um, we get it, we get quite the toe down the backstretch and I think that kind of places us into position. Um, and, you know, turn eight's a really big corner. Like you gotta, if you don't hit turn eight, right. Um, if you don't hit it good, then uh, you'll get run over. Um, you, you'll get caught from behind uh, pretty quickly. So I think there's a lot of emphasis on the last couple corners at the track, you know, turn, Turn two is a really fast corner. Turn four is really fast as well. Um, but I, I don't think any of them are, are quite as important as uh, turn eight, nine, and ten.
0: So you became the second driver to win back-to-back you know, races to start the season. Uh, Rafael Lassar did it both at Sunset. But you're the first to do it on two separate racetracks, an oval and a road course. I mean, when you look at the long history of the NASCAR Pinty Series and the great drivers that have come through there, the champions that you continue to race with, Uh, year in and year out what does that kind of historical mark mean for you in your young career
1: it's really cool Uh, I mean road course racing is still really new to me Um, my first road course race was my first year with the series in 2021 and we don't we don't do a ton of road courses we do four or five every year so it's and it's hard to get the seat time too I mean it's not like an oval where we just show up and test and we run laps all day um, a lot of the road courses, we run are street courses. So it's not like we have that time prior to the race to, uh, to get set up for it. So, I mean, to go back to back on an oval and a road course is, is really cool. And it was, it was really one of my goals heading into this year was just to try and to grab that first road course one. And so th- to get it really early in the season and to go back to back for the first two races, it's, uh, it's definitely a lot of momentum and a good confidence booster
2: heading into the rest of the year. Are the street courses more challenging? I mean, we have Toronto coming up. We have Three Rivers coming up. Are they more challenging than, say, the traditional, if there is such a thing, road course like you ran at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park last week?
1: I would say they're, they're definitely more challenging for uh, a relatively newer road racer. Um, I've had some success at Three Rivers. I think I've finished in the top five, both races I've run there. Um, Toronto is definitely a little bit harder. And I think that's be mostly because of the the surface of Toronto. Um, you know, we head from the asphalt to the concrete and the concrete handles a lot different than the asphalt. So I think just understanding that as a driver, um, you know, that's something I'm trying to place a lot of emphasis, in, emphasis on heading into uh, Three Rivers in, in Toronto is just trying to r- refine um, really my street road course racing. Um, it's, it's definitely a, a craft in itself and, and especially in our series. We got uh, so many great road course racers that have, have come from road course racing backgrounds. So, uh, it's definitely tough to compete.
0: I have to ask you, although, you know, you've only been in the series a couple years beginning in 2021, but where is the, the health of this NASCAR Pinty series right now? I mean, last year, flow racing came on board I feel like a lot more exposure for for you guys you know on a national level international level um you know are are you seeing that growth you see the popularity kind of coming back because Kyle and I talk about all the time it's one of my favorite series to watch but I feel like it's slowly still kind of creeping back into the minds of NASCAR fans so where do you see the health of the Pinty series right now in 2023?
1: I think we've all kind of realized that the Indy Series is is really healthier than ever right now. I, I think, you know, when Caden Caden ran, my brother uh, ran the Indy Series in 2016 and 2017. It was it was healthy then. Um, you know, they were getting decent car counts and, and decent fields. And then it, I think it kind of went through a little spill for a few years where you know they were lucky to see 12, 13 cars on on ovals and you know a little bit more on road courses. But right now, the the health of the series is is at an all time high. I mean, we're seeing over 20 cars at ovals which is is really good for us and then you know anywhere from 30 cars on road courses so and, and you know that comes to say like the competition is is higher than ever in the series. Um, we have a lot of guys who have come out of late models like younger younger talent and especially myself being one of them uh, coming out of late models so um, you know the the competition's high this series is healthy and I think uh, the, you know the fans at CTMP was it was insane I think the the track was so packed and I haven't seen anything like that since the the trucks were there a few years ago
2: so let's big picture look uh, here of of the season fifth in points a few years ago uh, fourth in points last year. what have you been able to take away from those those two seasons that could allow you to challenge for the title this year?
1: I think the big thing I've found is is consistency is really the the big thing um the last two years we've had a lot of bad luck I think You know, last year we had three DNFs and it was all for mechanical issues, Um, just the stuff that was really um, out of our hands, but it it shouldn't have happened. So, uh, you know, that's the big thing we're trying to bring cars to the track that we can we can finish in the top five and and compete for wins every single weekend. So, you know, that's that's the big picture here. If if we can finish every single race in the top 10, um, which I think we can uh, definitely do, then we can be contenders for the championship at the end of the year.
0: What are these NASCAR Pinty Series machines like to drive? I mean, I think from a casual fan that say, "Okay, well what's the difference between that and an ARCA car or, or you know, you got the Xfinity Series you're on the NASCAR national side, but for you who's now behind, been behind the wheel for a couple of years coming from late models, what are they like to drive? How do they relate to some of the other stuff we see?"
1: You know, it's 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 a lot of, it's a lot different than a late model. Um, we have about 150 more horsepower. Um, little suspension, you know, cars are 300 pounds heavier. So I think, like comparison from the United States side of things, they're they're similar handling to an ARCA car. A little bit different. ARCA cars are truck arm cars, and uh, Pindy's cars, cars don't have truck arms. But uh, you know, from from a late model perspective, I think you know, being you know, driving the car is is a lot more difficult, especially on over the course of a long run compared to a pro late model. I mean. The late models, we don't see a, a ton of fall off, but the Pindys cars, like they're, they're real handfuls after uh, 50 laps or so, and the tires get some laps on them. Um, so definitely a little different driving the heavier car um, and, and not having that suspension to kind of lean back.
2: The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? My final question for you now that uh, we're getting further and further away from from the COVID year of 2020, would you like to see the series come back into the United States uh, and say race at New Hampshire Motor Speedway? Big one mile oval like the series uh, raced a few years ago prior to COVID. I believe the, we saw the NASCAR Pinty Series race twice in New Hampshire. Uh, would you like to see a return uh, back here in, in America for at least one event, maybe two? I
1: would. Uh, you know, I, we were talking about that this past week and I went I went to Charlotte for the Coke 600 and we were kind of, you know, we were talking about where where the Pinty series would really excel in, in the States. Um, you know, I think New Hampshire is a great opportunity to go back there. They raced pretty well there a few years ago. But I think also I, I think it'd be really cool if they took the Pinty series to to a road course in the States like uh, Watkins Glen or Mid-Ohio, something that's you know relatively close to us and, and just a really cool racetrack as well Um I think we we put on quite the show with the, the group of racers that we got, and uh, it'd definitely be really cool to get back south of the border.
0: Finally for you, I know this year, championship, it's one-track mind now that you've went back-to-back to, back to start the season, but big-picture goals, where would you like to be, let's say, in five years? Is is NASCAR the end goal? Is it something else? Or or, or what kind of is in uh, Trayton's mindset here as you look big-picture down the road?
1: Uh, NASCAR is definitely the end goal um, you know it's 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 tough it really is especially coming from Canada um, you know we're, we're trying to you know as, as early as this year next year move to uh, you know trucks or, or even make an ARCA start but uh, it, it's definitely hard um, even we're struggling to to uh, put together a full Pinty season at the moment but uh, that being said we're, we're working hard every single day uh, working on our marketing and, and what we can do with our partners um, we're trying to to find out how, from a driver's perspective and team perspective, we can really bring more exposure to our partners. And uh, that's going to be the big thing uh, heading forward is, is uh, just putting together those uh, those sponsors and, and partners to hopefully move forward and uh, get south of the border.
0: Well, you know, you're so far so good. I feel like getting sponsors is a lot easier when you start winning races. So maybe if you go three for three to start the year, you may have not, uh, not a lot of trouble filling the rest of the season. But Trayton, congratulations, man, on the start to the season. It's been so much fun to watch. Looking forward to seeing uh, what happens later on down the road.
1: Thank you, guys. Uh, thanks for having me.
0: Trey Lapsovich, back-to-back winner in May to open the NASCAR Pinty Series. We thank him for joining us. Coming up next, on the other side of the break, NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by and Engineering. We're going to look at what's coming up, including ARCA West, plus some news and notes to wrap up the week. That's all coming up. Stick around. Coast presented by wheel engineering just talked to Trey Lapsevich, kyle and, and he talked about his goals being a nascar again it's a money-driven sport as we've we've talked about over the last several years when it comes to coming up to the states and running in the cup series or the xfinity series or the truck series but the exposure pinties gets now with flow and, and the growth of that league you think he the opportunities may be a little bit more bountiful here especially if he can continue to win and challenge for a championship Yeah, flow
2: racing has kind of changed the game over the course of the last year and a half for that series. Uh, Not only are they getting exposure north of the border, but they are also getting exposure down here in the States, uh, the home of NASCAR. We've only really seen one driver over the course of the last decade or so come and race, be able to race full time in NASCAR down here in the States. And that's Alex LeBay. Hopefully, um, Trayton, uh, Trayton can can get down here and, and run full-time over the course of, of the rest of you know his career. Obviously, uh, still early in his career, just three seasons in, up in the NASCAR Pinty Series. But it would be great to see him race down here in the States, although running for that championship here in 2023 in the NASCAR Pinty Series. And he's off to a good start.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Back-to-back wins to start the year. Thanks, Trayton, for joining us. Uh, looking ahead to this weekend, Here in the States, the ARCA West Series back in action a couple weeks off for those drivers. Race number four of the year, the Portland 112 out at Portland Raceway. You can hear that coverage live on MRN Friday night at 8 p.m. Yours truly will be down on Pit Road with some of our MRN colleagues. And Kyle, the weather so far has been the biggest story. Obviously, we've got, well, two big stories. Some Xfinity regulars going to join us. You can get into that. But the weather, I mean, it's not going to rain. And I had to refresh my app four or five times to make sure that was the case because I was about to bring my my boots and, and my kayak after what we saw last year.
2: Yeah, you needed the kayak a year ago because it rained for, I think, the entire three-day period that we were there. Uh, all practice, all qualifying, and both races for the NASCAR Xfinity Series and the Menard, Arkham Menard Series held in not only wet conditions but monsoon conditions uh, so hard in fact, that the ARCA race was shortened because cars simply just couldn't stay on the racetrack anymore. Uh, That was the goal a year ago. It wasn't about speed. It was just about managing the car, keeping it on the asphalt and not in the dirt and out of the tire barriers. going to be a completely different event this year. And I think that's why we're seeing several NASCAR Xfinity drivers jump into the mix like Riley Herbst, Cole Custer, Parker Retzloff, all wanting to uh, all wanting to compete in both of the events, get some lap time in the ARCA race before they run in the Xfinity Series race on Saturday. I think they'll be a force to be reckoned with uh, come Saturday afternoon because of those extra laps Friday night.
0: And because they're in that race, that means drivers like Sean Hingerani who who won the last two events for the West Series, uh, is in the points battle. They're going to have to step their game up, both he, Landon Lewis, uh, Tyler Reif, who won Phoenix. I mean, just some of those names on the regular side of the ARCA West Series that are, uh, now not only going to have to battle each other for the season-long points, but for if you're going to go for a win, you're probably going to have to drive through one of those uh, Xfinity Series regulars coming up Friday night. So good stuff. We'll see that race again Friday night, 8 p.m. on MRN. Some other news and notes, Kyle. Jesse Love, you alluded to it uh, earlier in the show, making his Tricon Garage debut in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. A gateway uh, momentum is on his side. So what do you think he could do behind the wheel of the truck?
2: Yeah, three Arca wins uh, in a row. He's run well in the late model that he's driven, a super late model at Hickory last week. I think he'll be just fine in the truck. Seat time is everything for this young man right now. Um, And he has all of that positive momentum that we had just talked about. And I think he's going to fit in just fine. It's going to be his NASCAR National Series debut uh, this coming weekend at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Probably the biggest uh, one of the biggest racetracks that he's ever raced on. He did well last week at the Charlotte Motor Speedway and a high-speed oval there. Competition a bit deeper in the truck series, but uh, he's going to be behind the wheel of a really good truck from Tricon Garage. That number one uh, has run well in uh, in recent weeks, including with David Gilliland behind the wheel last week in Charlotte. Uh, Top 10 much of the night, top 15 finish, so I expect much of the same for Jesse Love this weekend.
0: As do I. Best of luck to Jesse. Gio rogerio put on a show with William Byron in the ASA National Tour uh, event out at Hickory Motor Speedway in a wheel-to-wheel finish. Kyle, that last lap, you were, uh, you and I were just talking about. Even the announcers were giving it to William Byron. Now, safe that because I feel like anytime William shows up and cherry picks, he he goes on to win. But Gio said, uh on the last lap, did he?
2: Yeah. Ralph Shaheen and Jim Trado were in the booth, and they were all ready to give it. To William Byron, the last couple laps, you know, they were setting it up. I've trust me, I've been there and I've done it where you set all of their stats up, how dominant they've been all day. And then the white flag comes out. And here comes Gio Ruggiero. One final shot in the turn number three, dove to the bottom, it stuck. There was a little bit of contact, and it was Ruggiero that came out on top over William Byron. A thrilling race, no controversy. I don't think there were any really big wrecks like we have seen in the first couple races of the season. Good crowd on hand uh, to to begin the race weekend down in the Charlotte region at Hickory Motor Speedway. So, overall, a great race. And congratulations to to Gio on picking up that thrilling race win.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and bragging rights too, saying I beat a Cup Series winner. That's right. Tracks on my neck of the woods. So, congrats to Gio, uh, South Boston Speedway. We kind of talked about it when we had Peyton Sellers on the sh- on the show the sixth time. Uh, track champion is in a good points battle with the youngster, uh, Carter Langley. I don't think anybody had this on their bingo card this early in the season, but just a one-point advantage uh, going into a 75-lapper here this weekend at South Boston. Kyle did. uh, Carter Langley, we talked about him, had momentum early, of course, picked up a win, but he's still maintaining a good opportunity here to upset the six-time champ.
2: Yeah, you said it uh, perfectly Uh, came out of the block strong surprised a lot of people and he's been able to maintain uh, those good results throughout the first half of the season. Some big events coming up on the South Boston schedule. Uh, I know there's 150 lapper on the horizon, a 200 lapper part of the Virginia Triple Crown coming up in a little bit. So we'll see how he can uh, maintain through some of those big events with full fields of race cars. And I'm talking usually 28, 30, 32 race cars that start those events. And sometimes survival is key, and we'll see how he handles those big big events against some of the veterans like a Peyton Sellers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, congratulations also, too, to Carson Quappa winning that Cars Tour Pro Late Model Race. They had to turn that car over for the ASA race, which was kind of cool uh, the night before at Hickory. Uh, but uh, before we get to some of the other uh, little topics here looking at the week, Kyle, uh, <laughs> Bobby Santos, uh, we, you've seen him run out there at Stafford in a Modified, at Spring Sizzler. You've seen him all throughout New England. Of course, that's where he calls home. But when he comes down to Indiana, he is Mr. Open Wheel, and he won yet uh, the Hoosier 100 over the course of the weekend, leading into the Indianapolis 500 at IRP. Uh, pretty cool deal for Bobby when he comes down here and just waxes him. It usually comes down to him and Cody Swanson. Of course, it did again, but Bobby got the best of him here last week.
2: Yeah, former NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour champion, grew up here in New England. I don't think he calls New England home anymore. I think uh, Indiana is more home uh, for, for Bobby and, and his family than, than New England. But every time he hits the racetrack, uh, no matter what the event in Indiana, in the USAC ranks, he is a force to be reckoned with on pavement. Doesn't do a whole lot, if any, dirt racing. But when he's on pavement, he's strong and uh, you know, picked up another big win this past weekend.
0: Absolutely. Congratulations to Bobby. Uh, Before we look at the calendar, Kyle, uh, the big story on the NASCAR side was Chase Elliott being suspended for one race here at Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway due to actions at Charlotte Motor Speedway uh, getting into Denny Hamlin in the Coke 600. You like it? Uh, I feel like if you're going to call what Bubba Wallace did at Vegas, you got to call Chase Elliott, but the sport's most popular driver will not be at the Enjoy Illinois 300 this weekend that you can hear on MRN. What are your thoughts about that?
2: Yeah, an unfortunate incident, no doubt. Um, I think temper's got the best of, of chase. I like the suspension, I think, and I've always said this on this show and every other show that I do, you right hook somebody at any racetrack, whether it's uh, at the Stafford Speedway here in Connecticut, I've seen it at Thompson here, a very fast, high-speed 5A mile, or at some of the big tracks uh, on the National Series, Um, There's no excuse for it, and I think, you know, it it should call for an immediate suspension of at least one event. If you right hook somebody, we've seen so many bad things happen over the years, and I get safety has improved since then with the implementation of Hans devices and and safer walls. But, um, you know, still, it's still a big impact, and we saw that impact with Hamlin on Monday night, and I think suspension is justified.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. And of course, this isn't the only time we've talked about it. Of course, we mentioned Vegas with Kyle Larson and Bubba Wallace, but yep. also on the short track level, what happened with Annabeth Barnes-Crumb and yep. Landon Huffman uh, that's still being worked through out at Hickory Motor Speedway. So uh, interesting, interesting stuff. But thank you, Kyle, for that. Uh, come Some races this weekend, if we want to get into the weekly stuff real quick. Stafford, you guys are on track for Friday still?
2: We are, and the weather looks uh, nice. I think if you include if if ninety two degrees is nice, but uh, it's going to be dry, so it's going to be fun. A hot slick racetrack will be interesting to see how uh, teams adjust to that after some fairly cool weather the last couple of weeks. So um, we're back for for a, a regular show plus a big wheel race for the kids. Friday
0: night on Flow Racing. Also, <laughs> tons of racing this weekend from Berlin Jeff Striegel's track. Shout out to Jeff. Uh, running their weekly program, Riverhead, Jennerstown, you name it. It is on Flow Racing, or you can check out your local listings for where you can check that out. Uh, Speaking of uh, where to check things out, MRN is your home for uh, the second dual split weekend. We've got our entire staff spread out between either Worldwide Technology Raceway and Gateway or out in Portland for uh, the NASCAR Xfinity Series and ARCA West Championship. Uh, myself, we talked about, will be in Portland. Kyle, you got out of working this weekend. How'd that work?
2: I'm going Stafford, Friday night. Uh, we have a couple of big announcements happening this week uh, for the rest of the summer. So um, I will uh, be here. I hope you enjoy Portland. Hopefully it is dry. Um, can't get any wetter than a year ago.
0: No, absolutely not. So coverage on the Motor Racing Network, good answer, by the way. Coverage on the Motor Racing Network begins uh, Friday, Portland, the 112 with the ARCA West Series. Uh, That's going to be 8 p.m. Eastern time for ARCA West. And then Cup practice and qualifying Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, followed by the uh, NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series second race of the trip the triple truck challenge. So we'll see Ben Rhodes can go for 150 grand after winning at Charlotte. Uh, that'll be 1 p.m. Eastern time and then immediately following the Pacific Office Automation 147 for the NASCAR Xfinity Series out at Portland. So a little bit of a triple header on Motor Racing Network and then all goes down Sunday with NASCAR Live Race Day, 2.30 Eastern leading into the Enjoy Illinois 300. So good stuff. Tons to check out this weekend. Kyle, have a good time at Stafford and uh, we'll uh, we'll visit all next week.
2: I look forward to it. It'll be a lot to talk about.
0: Yes, we do. All right. Thank you so much again to Trey Lapsovich joining us here on this week's episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast. And of course, our presenting sponsor, Wheelan Engineering, on the road, in the air, and around the world. Wheelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. For Kyle Ricky, our producer, Pat Jaggers, I'm Chris Wilner. So long. We'll see you next time.